Apparently there's like a name for this little wiry thing. Oppression. <laughs> the man. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is great. This looks, this is, that's a full glass. Cheers. <laughs> it's in a wine glass. I want it's people like, to know. It's like 12 ounces of champagne. Did I not, did I, should no, I, great. I owe you some more drops there? No, it's fine. Okay, cool. How, okay, so when I just got here, you were telling me about Mrs. Kisses. Oh my God. Maybe we can get them to sponsor this podcast. Um, <gasps> hey, we're out here. We can't help ourselves. <laughs> Give us better boobs. Give us, Kisses for so our misses. I'm trying different um, bra options for my wedding dress, mm-hmm. and one of them is this brand called Mrs. Kisses, and basically it's like these two little like plastic, I think they're plastic, little like paddles, um, and they like push your boobs together, and then you put these like pads like outside of the little paddles to like fill out your boobs, so then it gives you, it put it like gives you cleavage and support. And people swear by these bras, okay? Uh-huh. And um, so I... But I couldn't get mine to work because they're really complicated. Once you set them up, they just work. But, like, they're complicated to set up. You have to, like, do all this stuff. And I was like, I can't do this. I tried for 20 minutes. So they have these free consultations, and I set one up. And first they, like, stood me up. And I was like, okay, what's going on? So I, t- you know, I messaged the... Wait. Question. Yeah. So is this like a FaceTime consultation? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Just want to... Okay. All right. Oh, Not yeah. Visual. Is it ever? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, messaged them. I'm like, hey, I had like an appointment today. And and the reply I got back was like, it was like, hey, sorry, we missed each other, which is like, well, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> like, we didn't miss each other. Are you, you didn't come. Are you gaslighting me into thinking this is my fault? Also, all of their, uh, all of their, like, messages are like, hey, babe, like, hey, honey, and then they, like, have little winky and, like, kissy faces everywhere. It's, like, very, like, cute, and so I'm, like, okay, I'm kind of obsessed with this energy because they're just, like, hey, (laughs) they're just, like, casually, like, who cares that we didn't show up, and then she goes, she, or not she, whatever the person that's messaged me said, um, okay, tell me whenever you can meet, like, ASAP, because we fill up really fast. And I was sort of like, okay, but you guys were the ones that didn't come to my appointment. Right, yeah. Anyway, so I thought it was hilarious, and I don't really care that much, so I, we found a new time, which was today, um, and it was a surprising experience. So it's over Zoom. Okay. And when you call them, basically they... There's, like, a little box that shows up on Zoom that's very thorough, and it talks about consent. It's, like, it's basically, like, you can take your shirt off so that we can help you and, like, actually show you what to do. You don't have to. It's totally up to you. You know, it's, like, a it's like a well-crafted message about how they don't take photos. It's prohibited, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, um, so anyway, so, I'm like, okay, that's nice. So, I, I enter the Zoom, and this girl's just, like, working from home, like, on her Saturday morning in her bedroom, like... In her bedroom, just because it looked like she was in a small apartment. It's not like it was, like, sexy time. Well, but... she, I imagine she's just like, I have to work today. She's yeah. in sweatpants yeah. laying on totally. the couch. She's... That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> she was, like, very... 
She was in like a t-shirt. It was like sorority girl who went out last night and like threw on like a Tyler's t-shirt in the morning vibe. Hung the fuck over. So, yeah. But she was so nice. She was so nice. Right. But she was like, do you mind if I just show you on my boobs? And I was like, okay. Okay. Sisterhood. So I'm sitting there topless. She takes her shirt off. And she's like you using her own boobs. No, okay. I'm joking <laughs> on my champagne. Sorry. No, like pasties or anything. Just, just like fully topless and totally professional in terms of how how she's speaking about things, the terminology she's using. Like she'll say things like you know if you have like more heavy tissue in the bottom of your breast. Like she was like very professional but I was like I cannot get past that you and I are both on zoom like topless and you're just like shoving your boobs around in this bra I think that like the thing is is like it's like with you you go get your bikini line waxed or whatever Mm -hmm. and you're just like oh my god I can't like I'm I'm exposed I'm naked but like they do that so many times a day that it's just like nothing oh my god same energy I imagine 100% she did not care at all but I was like what does your job description say? Like, I didn't say that, but right. I would really like to know, like, what their pitch for this role is. Like, it's super chill. You work from home. Yeah. You are topless. It's not porn. Like, you, what? You can wear sweatpants. You can be hungover. <laughs> you, you don't can. need to be, but, you like, it be. might help. <laughs> you are going to help women's boobs look their best. Wow. So that was my experience. It did work. It did help. I don't think I'm going to use it because it's sort of a big contraption. Hmm. And I don't think I really need it. I'm just, like, playing with different things. But it's – I was impressed with their system. That's hysterical. Yep. Well, I'm glad, like, they – the experience made up for the fact that they didn't show up. And then they tried to trick you into thinking that it's your fault. <laughs> like, what? I know. Like, hey, hey, girl, Chica, sorry. <laughs> she didn't even say sorry. They were like – I guess they did, but it was like, sorry we missed each other. I'm like, we didn't – again, we didn't miss each other. Like <laughs> – I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Imagine if I came to your house and like pounding on your door at a time we were supposed to meet, and then later you're like, "Sorry, we missed each other." That is such chaotic energy. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Let me see if I can find. I was, I want to show you like how these. Um, who's calling me from my hometown? Oh, gross. I think spam. that's spam. Yeah, spam. for sure. <laughs> I don't talk to anyone from my hometown. Say plus one to that for um, the most part. This is like their. This is like how their text messages always end. It's like a little kissy face and sparkles. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. Little emer- okay. <laughs> she sent me a message with like the alert, like emergency signals. Mrs. Kisses, urgent message in all caps. <laughs> SOS nine one one. Response required. Check mark emoji. That's cute. That's funny. <laughs> um. Yeah. Gosh. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm good. I just came from a dance class. I thought I had signed up for a salsa class. Turns out it was a bachata dance class. Um, it was it was good. Um, I was just thinking how well I dancing is definitely something that's out of my comfort zone, especially if I'm dancing with a partner, mm-hmm. which there was a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. And sometimes when I get nervous, um, my thing is to, like, if I'm, like, talking to someone, making eye contact, which, like, especially if you're wearing a mask, which we all were because we're indoors, pandemic times, 
Like, there's no other place really to look except for their eyes. I guess you could stare oh, at someone's mask. that's so true. It feels a little... And so it feels it's like... an intimate. In, intimate, intense. We were inches away doing this sexy Dominican <laughs> dance. And so sometimes when I get nervous, like, I, I stare at people's crotches. If I if I feel like, oh, my God, my, my eye contact is intense right now, I need to look away. And then the place I always look away is, like, down to their crotch. But since we were dancing, like... I was looking at my feet, which mm. I think makes it worse. But then their crotch was right there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, know. definitely less intimate to be like crotch gazing. Yeah, crotch gazing. Um, exactly. Well, I I don't know what to say to that other than. <laughs> I mean, I didn't take my top off or anything. Oh, yeah. Listen, we both had interesting mornings. Yeah. I was staring at the stranger's boobs, and you were staring at someone's crotch, who was also a stranger. Mm-hmm. Weirdly similar vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, also, you can't really see their expression. I feel like with a mask, it's unnerving that you can't people really see people's expression, so you don't know if they're making... If I was dancing, I would wonder, what is your... It's hard to tell their energy, kind of. It... Which I think, depending on the situation, it can make things easier or harder. Yeah. Because I feel like, in some ways, I feel less vulnerable with half of my face covered up. Mm-hmm. So depending what the situation is, I don't know. I feel like that's useful. But, like, maybe some people... I don't know. That's how that's how I feel. Because, like, what I, if I'm feeling, like, vulnerable or exposed, like, in a dance class where I've never done this before... Like, you kind of want to, like, be smaller, cover yourself a little bit. And yeah. So, I don't know. That kind of helped in a way. They always tell you when you're dancing that you really want to, like, shrink down your energy and hide and make yourself as small as possible. Ladies, be small. Don't take up any space. Actually, don't talk. <laughs> Let the man lead, okay? <laughs> no, it was, like, it was a really, it's a good space. It's a good studio. It's, like, a nonprofit in town, and they mostly do, like, Latin kind of dances, so... That's so fun that you're doing that. Yeah. I love it. I um I did like ballet classes when I was younger and then when I was eight I decided I don't want to do this anymore. Um because I don't want to drive like thirty minutes to the next town over to take ballet classes every Thursday. So I told my teacher I'm quitting and she said, Of course you're quitting. You never listen. <laughs> what? Hey, uh Miss Dina, is that your name? You're a cunt. <laughs> You're a cunt, and that is so rude. I hope you're not out there traumatizing children still. Like, where oh do you god. get off? You're gonna be, you're gonna get it's canceled for using the word cunt. Oh I, my god! Listen, I feel like that was a traumatic thing that happened to me, and I am rec- reclaiming the term as a woman by calling another woman that who yeah. inflicted undue trauma onto a child. Fair enough. Um... I think that's fair enough. I don't know. Don't cancel us. <laughs> so I that is horrifying that she said you don't listen and that she's not surprised. But that seems like classic ballet. ballet. Yeah. Yeah. Classic ballet energy. Like if you're a ballet teacher who abusive. <sighs> I've seen Black Swan. I was scared to trim my nails for weeks after that. You were basically in a Black Swan. I. <laughs> I took ballet also when I was younger, and I got my friend into it, and then she, I did this, like, a couple of other times in my life where I, 
I got her into it, and then she went on to be like excel and become a professional ballerina, and wow. I quit. <laughs> so I love quitting things. There's only room for one of There's us only here. Only one of us. <laughs> fly, fly. <laughs> But, like, don't get abused in the system. Like, stay she healthy. She had a terrible experience. I believe that. Everyone, and I I know a couple of other people, like, at least two or three of my friends who've been in ballet who've gone for, like, a long time, you know, have become either competition level or professional or whatever. They, ballet seems, like, it, abusive. Like, the culture of it. It's, like, you can't get away from it. Even if the teacher is good and, you know... Even if the teacher's not that way, it seems like that culture's that way. I don't know if... I, I don't think I've heard this firsthand. I feel like I read it in a book that, mm-hmm. like, someone when was taking ballet class... I wish I could remember. Some woman was taking ballet classes, and her teacher came up and, like, pinched, like, her side and was like, oh, do you drink milk? Like, in a really shamey way. And I, I don't know where I read or heard that, but, like, I remember that so specifically. Oh, my gosh. She's I, like, oh, no, do you put calories into your body? You should stop doing that. I'm sorry, do you eat other things besides ice cubes? Oh, my God. Like, that is horrible. Yeah. No, thank you. Well, mm-hmm. I'm glad you quit ballet. I attribute all of your success to quitting ballet. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Dina. Yeah. Dina. Think, What's her name? Dina. I think it was... Deanna? Deanna. Deanna or Dina? Mm-hmm. Deanna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deanna, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. So we <sighs> are on the other side of dry January. Yeah, we're coming to you in February, thank God. <laughs> um, that was a long month. <laughs> January is at least a year long every year. Dude, I, I think this January was worse than a year ago January. Like you think so? Well, I think Omicron was like just pandemic, but like heightened. Yeah. Because the vaccine doesn't protect us completely. I mean, it does, but like, there's no guarantee. Obviously, you're not gonna get well, it. We weren't vaccinated you know? last year this time. That's what I'm saying. Is like, I feel like I. Okay, I don't want to get us into a conversation okay. too much about. Yeah, no, I mean I can, sure. but like I will go on forever, and I don't want to do that to you or Fair. anyone else. Um, the helpers, hello. Um, <laughs> Welcome back, helpers. <laughs> that's what we call all of our listeners. Um, I feel like a year ago, January, like we were all like, okay, this sucks, but like the vaccine is coming and we're we're still doing this. Everyone else is kind of doing the mm. same thing. Then we got vaccinated. We had a taste of freedom. Mm-hmm. We had to rein it in a little bit because of Delta. At least I feel like I like sure. my anxiety ramped up. I was still living my life. And then like that kind of phased out and then omicron came up and it was just like well now we're going back into the dark ages like to me that felt harder than a year ago when i wasn't vaccinated but it seemed like the light was at the end of the tunnel there was more hope or something yeah Yeah, that makes sense and this is like how much longer so yeah those are my thoughts on january okay okay Mine was just long because I crammed so much into my January. Like, I just have been working and stuff nonstop. And, like, between actual work and some last-minute wedding stuff, I just, it's like, I've been heads down on everything. So, I think that that was why my January was long. I didn't even notice Omicron. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) So, I was like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Good for you. I would have been leaving my house anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally. um, Okay. So, we did dry January. Mm -hmm. What? So... I guess, have you ever done during dry January before? No, and I had never heard of it until, like, one of our mutual friends Mm -hmm. um, 
shout out Courtney. She mentioned it, and I was just like, I've never heard of that. That sounds dumb. Like, like this year she did? A couple years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, you didn't hear. I, okay, okay. She, she said she was doing years. it, yeah, and yeah. I that was the first time I remember hearing about it. And I don't know, like, I... I've never, like, really given into the, um, like, New Year's resolution mm-hmm. thing. Like, I we try to have, like, goals, and we use, like, January 1st kind of as a springboard for, like, okay, let's write some of these things down sure. and then just kind of frame it. But anyway, it kind of it kind of seemed like one of those things, but I don't know. i never done it. What like, it I... seemed like a new year, new me kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, very trendy kind of. I don't know. Uh huh. Yeah, I never have done it because it felt um, unnecessarily like black and white, kind of. Like it just, it was like restriction, not necessarily restriction, but like a rule for the sake of having a rule. And I hate rules. Fair. I, <laughs> I really hate anything that's a rule. Listen, I like rules when they benefit me, but I hate them when they're an inconvenience. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I like you know, intentions and guide. I don't even like goals. I just do not like things that are inflexible. Sure. And so I've never done it for that reason, but here we are doing it or have, we're on the other side. Some of us did it and some (laughs) of us didn't. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Before we get into our individual experiences, um, okay. Just want to mention or talk about really quick, like the history of it, how to get started. Um, like a lot of things in the U.S., it became it began in the U.K. Mm. Uh, so Dry January began in 2011 with I believe it's a nonprofit called or some organization, uh, Alcohol Change U.K. Oh yes, it is a nonprofit that focuses on quote alcohol change. We are for a future in which people drink as a conscious choice, not a default. Where the issues which lead to alcohol problems like poverty, mental health issues, homelessness are addressed. Where those of us who drink too much and our loved ones who have access to high quality support whenever we need it without shame or stigma, end quote. So it began in 2011 and it's slowly been gaining steam ever since. Why are you laughing? I'm laughing so hard because it's just like this. So this whole, this whole organization is like, that's really what they, they, they're going hard on moderation. Like... I just, it's just funny to me. I don't know why. Well, I want to talk about, um, yeah, they're going, I think they probably realize, I get what you're saying, and I think they probably realize that, like, um, maybe we can't get people to stop drinking altogether, and maybe that's not even a worthwhile goal, because, like, everything in moderation is fine, but, like, let's talk about harm reduction. You know what I mean? I just think it, it, it gives me the energy of, like, if I wanted everybody to be vegan, and so I had an entire nonprofit dedicating dedicated to people eating less meat. I mean, it just feels like hard to rally behind or something. Isn't I don't that the know. point of Meatless Mondays? Like, yes, we're it is. not all going to be vegan. Point taken. Point taken. We can rein it back. But is, is there a Meatless Mondays organization? I don't know. I thought that was just a campaign. It makes a lot of sense as a campaign. I just was laughing because I feel like a whole organization around. Drinking some is just kind of a funny concept. And I couldn't, like, from what I found, like, this was started by a woman who not, like, she... And I, for a nonprofit, for any initiative to have, like, I don't want to say, like, a legitimate, you know, cause or reason or whatever, you know, for sure, starting, sure, sure, sure. 
it's not like something traumatic has to happen. Totally. I would have expected that, like, like Mothers Against Drunk Driving, mm-hmm. like, we've all been, you know, this has impacted our lives negatively. We want to, like, make things better. But, like, it, I, as far as I could tell, it started because a woman was preparing for a marathon. <laughs> Dude, put women in charge. I'm like... You want to run a marathon, and now here we are doing Dry January because you wanted to run a marathon. Right. Women do so much things. <laughs> Maggie, it is so important that you say that because that is going to be a very important theme of this episode is women do so much. Okay. So I'm glad that you're saying that now. Okay. Great. Absolutely. <laughs> but, like, from what I could tell from their website, which... Um, they cite like, you know, all these health benefits, like better health, weight loss, better sleep. They really talk about increased savings. So mm. like if we can't get you on being more productive or better sleep, like we maybe we can get you on like your wallet will thank you. Okay. Anyway, and an overall sense of wellness. But anyway, so like she started this and people were asking her, like, wow, that's um, so you're cutting out alcohol, how do you feel? And she was it just became like a nonprofit from there. I think probably a couple men had to have stepped in and uh, oh, yeah, take it over. <laughs> For sure. There's no way she could have figured that out on her own. No, 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 no. But anyway, um, so overall, like according to Alcohol Change UK, dry January helps people to drink more healthily year round. Hmm. Research conducted by the University of Sussex has found that six months after dry January, more than 70% of people who take on the month with Alcohol Change UK's Try Dry app, <laughs> um, which I didn't know existed till January 31st, and I was doing this research. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what mood I'm in, but everything's fine to right now. Try dry sounds like something I don't want in my life. I like to be lubricated. I like to be warmed up. I would like my partner to understand that. (laughs) Don't try dry. I want to know how many people actually downloaded that app thinking it was like a Like, this is my, this is a new kink I'd like to explore because I'm absolutely masochistic. Some dude out there is like, my girlfriend's never wet. You know what? I think I found this solution. Hashtag try dry. <laughs> well, okay, so you haven't heard of the app yet. I no, take sorry. This. Okay, this is, I'm, God, I'm like 10 out of 10 immature today. Okay. No, I'm, listen, we're drinking champagne. And that's so true, we it's are. It's Saturday, it's mm-hmm. the middle of the day, we are rolling. <sighs> okay, so try dry app, continue. Try dry app. Um, or I guess I also have coaching emails. So. Okay. Which I didn't sign up for because I didn't know existed till I started to do the research um, again on January 31st. Anyway, so like they, they find that people who participate, they, they carry those habits with them into the entire year. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see those longitudinal studies. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, basically their goal is like we need, to, we need to learn the skills to help manage our drinking. So then like the rest of the year, if we do this just for 31 days at the top... We can make better decisions about, um, like, about when we drink and how much, so we can avoid. Can we? We can. It, we can form other healthy coping mechanisms, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've only okay. If I may, like mm-hmm. I, I think drinking culture is very fascinating, just in general. Yeah. Um, like having spent time in 
Latin spaces, it kind of seems like, listen, we're going to start at 10 p.m. We're going to smoke a little. Then we're going to go outside. Then mm-hmm. we're going to drink a little. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to eat a little. Smoke like cigarettes or... Whatever. Okay. Cigarettes. Um, but like this is going to go till like four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a wedding, it might go till like five in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, as an American, I don't know... I just think it's interesting to think where that comes from. Like, like if you think about Latin America, like, does that come from Spain where it's right. warmer and, like, things just, like... Sorry, I gotta move my chair. Take a little bit longer. We take our time with things because mm-hmm. I've definitely gone to Latin weddings where, like, it's one in the morning and, like, I'm close to throwing up and people are going strong. Like, wow. I think... Are they drinking less and they're just drinking over a longer period of time? I think they're drinking the same amount, but, like, it's stretched out and they pace themselves better. Whereas I feel like here, I think it's, like, it's binge drinking. It's, like, we're not allowed to drink when we're young. We're not – we're in college and we're not allowed to drink for, like, until junior year, basically, normally. So it's, like, it's about – it's about binging and then going hard and then passing out and then being an asshole. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, I don't know how that would compare to British drinking culture, but I know, like, they start drinking earlier, so mm-hmm. I think they, I think the research that I did, again, not an expert, I think they develop more of a tolerance, mm. and then they can go longer and hold their shit better, but sure. it's because they started younger, but, like, it's not, like, go hard and then pass out. Yeah. But I don't know, so I just yeah. think it's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting, and on that note, I went to a college that was technically dry. Um, yeah, your face is, you're making a shocked face hold right now. Wait a second, wait, whoa, whoa. So, I think mine was two. Because, okay. Wait, hold on, now I actually, I went to like four different colleges in five years, so I can't, <laughs> let me think back. I think like... Uh, is that because you never paid attention? Maybe, <laughs> probably. Dina? <laughs> she was like falling around the whole time. <laughs> you weren't quite this college. You weren't listening. <laughs> I think my campus was also dry for the most part. Mine was, so I went to a relatively, it's it's a Christian college, but, which is weird. It used to be just technically a Christian Christian college, but that wasn't a main part of the like, culture and then it became that way by the time I went there it was kind of weird it was like turning into a much more conservative Christian college like it sorry if I just clarify it started because like here we have this like community we're all in the same religion we need a college for to send our people so like let's start this college obviously it's going to be like religious because we're all religious like yeah it was sort of like they had these like religious donors and I think that it was more left over from when everything in the U.S. was like it was it's just an old college and I think it was started by like all the donors were like Christian and then so then therefore it was Christian and it had this that's it that the church kept donating to it but they never that was never like a cultural component it was just technically Christian okay so you did not have to like you were not required to do anything related to religion got it okay um by the time I went there they were hiring more like as the older professors who were really more like hired in like the 60s and they were a lot more like hippie liberal whatever and they were awesome as those professors were retiring, they were hiring, like, very conservative. More conservative. And so it was – my, um, my like, syllabus, I would always be trying to organize around, like, which professors they were, mm-hmm. you know, whether they were the older professors because they were, again, 
more traditionally like liberal arts awesome and then the other ones were like really conservative so anyway it was kind of this weird time at the college but it started getting all of these like christian kids going to the college and that's relevant because not that effect that you're talking about was like compounded so it was not only that in the U.S. you aren't supposed to drink till you're 21. A lot of these kids came from environments where they literally had not drank before. Right. And they were going crazy. That, I think that's... Black out. Like, it was so dangerous. And I drank in, in high school. Um, statute of limitations. <laughs> Just kidding. Whoop! <coughs> I drank in high school, but then by the time I got to college, I was, like, drinking, but kind of, like, you know, I was still drinking a lot because I was young, but I was not getting blackout. I was not doing any of that stuff. And I remember even as an irresponsible 21-year-old being like, oh, my God, this is so da-. Like, kids were – it was bad. Yeah. It was really – I don't know if it was the same where you went, but – I – yeah, having gone to – so I went to two public universities in Kansas and then one public university in Maryland and then, like, Sidi Brown, Costa Rica, but – in Kansas, it seemed like, I believe they were dry campuses, mm-hmm. both of them. Like, even if you were 21, like, you couldn't drink on campus. Like, it wasn't really sanctioned, if I'm remembering correctly. And then in Maryland, you could drink on campus if you were 21. Which, I think it just makes it kind of, I don't know, I'm, it probably is easier to enforce if it's just the yeah. same rule across the board. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it was just weird because you would, if kids were getting really, really drunk and other kids, like, weren't sure, if people were not sure whether to call an ambulance or something, they wouldn't because they would be afraid to get in trouble. Right. It's so that so was dangerous. kind of the, there was not, and then there was these posts. <laughs> they had these, like, alcohol campaign posters that said, one to one, like one colon one, uh-huh. one to one if at all, meaning like one drink per hour if you're going to drink at all. And we would just like yell that while we were drinking. One, two, one. Yeah. One, <laughs> two, was, one. It was such a joke. Like the whole thing got, it's kind I understand what they were going for, but it would just right. like completely failed and people were using it as like a drinking game. Of course they did. Yeah, it was not. And also one drink of what? Things have drastically different alcohol contents. Which, yeah, I was looking at the um, Alcohol Change UK website, uh-huh. and they were talking about, like, and I mean, granted, like, you know, they use the metric system. I'm American. I don't know what that means. What's a meter? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but they were talking about, like, units of alcohol, where if I'm, like, a glass of wine is, like, three units of alcohol. Okay. okay. So I, I don't know. I mean, whatever works, but, like, uh, I don't know. Okay, so... This woman invents this thing that she wants to run a marathon, and she just wanted to come back on her drinking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so then she it becomes this official thing, and mm-hmm. then now they have the dry app. Mm-hmm. And then what? And then, uh, well, it's moved across the pond, obviously. Yep. Um, that is, like, all the hit that I just, okay. that's the highlights of the history. Okay. However, interesting that you mentioned the religious component, because mm-hmm. that is a... I think that really has a lot of bearing um, in terms of, like, our drinking culture and, like, our history. Mm. So, have you heard of the Women's Christian Temperance Union? <laughs> You'll be surprised to hear no. <laughs> you don't have a, a Pinterest board I'm dedicated the to them? generation Women's <laughs> Temperance Union. You have WCTU tattooed on your butt cheek. Um, yeah, I'm sure they all do. 
That's their vibe, for sure. Mm, for sure. It's basically, um, so this is like the 1870s in the U.S., of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the WCTU, Women's Christian Temperance Union, um, those are women who are affiliated with the Prohibition Party. Yep. So, like, Prohibition Party, I mean, if you don't already know, basically came out of, like, racism against German immigrants, right? Okay. Um... Like, people were like, oh, no, like, drinking is a moral problem, and, like, we're going to make it illegal. But then it was just like, no, it's still going to happen, dumbass. Like, abortion, if you make it illegal, it's still going to happen. It's just going to be even more dangerous and... Okay, stop. Sorry. No, I'm just saying because the logic fails over and over again. Yes, and, like, I mean, there were presidents who were, like in these bootlegging schemes like it went to the top and it was ill-conceived and so dumb from the very beginning but anyway so these women Mm -hmm. they recommended fruit drinks and products Mm -hmm. as an alternative to alcoholic beverages and in the 1870s they established a department of unfermented wine (laughs) which i think maybe that was the (laughs) pre-grape well Actually, yes. Um, I'll get there. They advocated for, listen to this, they advocated for non-alcoholic communion wine for practicing Christians because it's like one sip that's going to put you over the edge. Yeah. And also what I, what, okay. (laughs) I need more champagne for this conversation. I do too. And also now I'm just wondering why we do drink, why do we drink wine to represent, I'm not really. Is that like supposed to be Jesus's blood? <laughs> Actually, yes. Help me out here. Um. So like, well, it depends who you ask. Because if you okay, there's like, um, wow. There's my mind is spinning because there's so many different directions we can go with this, and like my Catholic upbringing knowledge is being tested. So like, okay. there's this whole transfiguration thing that Catholics believe in, okay. which at the Last Supper, when Jesus was like to his twelve best friends, <laughs> hey besties, hey hey be- hey bros, um, yeah. I'm gonna peace out. Mm-hmm. Like, but just kidding, I'm gaslighting you. I'll be back in three days. Psych. <laughs> yeah, yeah, classic, um, classic. So he's just like, eat this bread. That's my body. Drink this wine. This is my blood. Do this so I can live on, basically. That's so, what he says to them literally? Well, he doesn't literally say those words, Maggie, but... That was what was written in the Bible? <laughs> like, more or less. Okay. So, yeah, I know. Okay, Wild. so, but, and they drank wine at that point, like, just, it wasn't like they were indulging. It was just, like, they didn't have other... People just drank wine constantly, right? I mean, I picture it that it was, like, Roman times. Yeah. It was, like, Bacchus. It was, yeah, like, okay, okay, go okay. fucking crazy. I mean... But I feel like there's times in history where people drank alcohol, like, especially wine and, like, mead and stuff, where they just, like, would drink it instead of water. Yes. Because also, like, I know certain times in history, depending where you were, like, the water was unsafe to drink. Yes. So, okay. like, it was, like, a health thing or, like, okay. a hygiene thing. So, it's like, drink this wine. This is my blood. Mm-hmm. Eat this bread. This, this is, is my body. You got and it. everyone was like, okay, noted. Yeah. And he went to go... Die. Die. <laughs> he went to go be murdered in a really gruesome, graphic I, way. We can start a second podcast that's my understanding of the Bible because I have such a faint understanding of the Bible. I have no idea what's going on with any Christianity stuff. Okay, intern, write that down. Yeah, I'm like literally like one time I was trying to describe what I thought Easter was and people were just like cracking up. Because, Wait, what do you think Easter is? I'm just curious. Well, I just was like, I think... 
this is going to be such a long tangent if I go down it, um, so I'll save you. But basically, I just don't really, I only know shreds of the story of Easter. Okay. Like, I was like, who found his body? There was a rock involved. People were, like, hanging him, but I don't really remember why. And, like, Mary Magdalene Magdalene was, like, found him. And then, then I was, like, confused about what happened after that. Like, he gets out of the cave but I wasn't sure when that happened or when we're celebrating. And then also, I just, there's a whole lot of, I under, I grew up in a religious community. So, like, I know these stories kind of, but I was never, I, it was never important to anyone around me that I actually know them. So I only know what I absorbed, which is, like, shreds of stuff. Um, you have it basically correct. But then I'm like, so then he just comes back and he's like, I'm back, everyone. <laughs> and I, everyone was like, okay. And there was some kind of burning bush somewhere. Uh, I think that was like in the Old Testament. Okay. So like hundreds of years prior. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know why anyone decided to hang him. My impression is that people were like, this guy's really popular. Mm. Hang him. So my understanding is... He, well, first, he wasn't hung. He was, like, nailed on a cross. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, Just <laughs> different ways to die. Sorry. No, that's cool. That's cool. In my mind, I was, like, hanging from a cross. You're right. I knew, I had the right picture in my mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they put him so, on a cross. So I think it's because, like, yeah, he was becoming, oh, my God. This is stuff that, like, it's drilled into your mind from a young mm-hmm. age, and you're, like, it's knowledge that you take for granted, and then... Years later, when someone asks you to explain it and you haven't really thought about it, you are just like, wait, I actually don't know. Yeah. But I am pretty sure that... We also don't know. So he dies on the cross or whatever? He definitely dies on the cross. But then, like, okay, we don't know where he was. He was buried. Okay. He was there for three days. (laughs) Okay. And then on Sunday, Easter Sunday... Okay. I don't know why Mary Magdalene is sniffing around a dead body... But she finds him. I don't know if she goes there to like. She, I remember she like rolls the stone, but I don't know why she does that. She's Maybe like, it's Let like me a go look like a ritual, like cleansing thing. Like okay. we are we are taking care of the body. Like we yeah. want to make sure like the bandages are there. I don't really know. I actually oh, yeah. don't I do know. actually feel like there's a cleanliness aspect to it. But that or like some kind of respect. But then he comes back and he's like this one dude. I think one of the twelve friends mm-hmm. is in like betray him. Judas. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then but he... That and, was before he was murdered. And that's why he was murdered or something? So he got murdered because... Okay, so Pontius Pilate, who was like, I don't know, the emperor at the time. What a dumb he, name. A stupid... Um, translated into Spanish, that was like my first boyfriend's last name. <laughs> <laughs> And you were like, you're going to cheat on me. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely going to cheat on me. He didn't. He was okay. great. But like, yeah. So anyway. he was like jealous, right? I think he asked the people, like, I don't know why people were upset, but like there was this mob and they were like, we're unhappy with the way things are. Right. And then Punctious Pilot was like, it's well, Jesus. then we have to murder someone. Right. Who are we going to murder? Are we going to murder this person that, like, stole things and, like, maybe murdered a guy? Okay. Or are we going to kill this Jesus person who is making influencer. a ruckus? Yeah, yeah, this influencer making a ruckus. And they were like, set Barabbas free, murder Jesus. And Punctious Pilot, Pilot, Pilot <laughs> Pilates, Mr. Pilates, <laughs> said, 
Um, okay, like, I guess you're the ruler now, and I'm sure. listening to you. I think it was all about, like, his politics, and he wanted to be, like, a, like, um, he wanted to be a popular leader, so he's sure, just sure, like, sure. okay, populism. Classic. 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 I'll give these people what they want. I like, don't want people to hate me. I'm gonna kill someone. And literally, he was like, are you sure? And they were like, definitely. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, the people have spoken. Okay. This is a democracy. Even though it wasn't. So then they, like, killed Jesus, and then that's how he died. Okay, so then he comes back, and then everyone's like, show me your wounds. Yeah. Okay, then so, he's like, check yeah. it out. He's like, listen, I'm back from the dead. I am God. God is me. Uh-huh. I am Jesus. And then I think he, like, went to heaven after that. <laughs> he was just like, this has that's been great. That's the part that I was See trying to later. figure out. That's the part that I can remember. So he comes back to life. He's like, I am here. I mm-hmm. am alive. Mm-hmm. And then at some point between that part and now, he disappeared. How does that happen? So it, I feel like it's one of those things, again, depends who you ask. A Catholic might say this. A Methodist might say another Shh. thing. Okay. But, like, he was, like, I, I know for sure he was just, like, bye, and went to heaven. He just took his body into heaven. Did it float up? Probably, Maggie. Okay, I just, I just, that's the, it's, I don't it's know insane. these things. It's an insane story. But, like, the first time we had a lot of description about why he died, and mm-hmm. the second time was just, I cannot find a person who knows. <laughs> like, if I ask people why, like, how Jesus died the second time, people will pretty much not know. How did Jesus go to heaven? So, like, his mom, like, Catholics believe that Mary was, like, did the same thing of, like, peace out. I'm taking my body oh. and my soul out of here. I'm going to heaven to be with my son. So, in the, according to Google, in the Christian tradition reflected in the major Christian creeds and confessional statements... God exalted Jesus after his death, raising him from the dead and taking him to heaven, where Jesus took his seat at the right hand of God. So not a lot of details yeah, there. Pretty vague. The, the, I'm gonna say he not only didn't die the first time, but that he didn't ever die. I'm gonna throw that out there. The physics, the facts, they're a little murky. <laughs> yeah. At best. For the source of truth, the Bible sure, sure can be vague when it wants to be. Right. And people it's don't useful. seem to care. Like, people, that, about that part. I'm like, with so much focus about how he died the first time and how he came back, I don't know. Like, when I ask people why, how he got to heaven the second time, people neither care or, like, or know. Well, it's kind of like, um, oh... I don't know. It's like, listen, I know Aziz and sorry, like, he did that really <laughs> shitty thing to a woman. Like, yeah, that's true, but, like, look how funny he is. Like, I don't really care what happened. I'm not talking about me specifically. <laughs> like, Aziz but, and sorry is canceled in my brain. But, like, I feel like it's, like, it's very convenient to, like, I don't I don't know about the facts and, like, we're, we're just going to move on. Like, it, it's kind yeah. of glossed over. I like the facts, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Anyway, we can move on, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't know a lot about the Bible, but I know some. I know enough to sound like an idiot. Um, but people who also know it kind of sound like an idiot, because you're like, but how did that happen, like, physically, how, and they're just like, I don't know, he just, like, floated into space. Like, that, right. okay. And that wasn't a big event. Like, that's surprising to me, that well, that was not a big event. It is a big event, and that's why Easter exists. Okay, so I thought that that's where the burning bush came in. Like, somehow the burning bush happened, and then he floated over. <laughs> the burning bush is, like, 
that is how God appeared to Moses in the Old Testament. And okay. it was like, Moses, you need to, like, set my people free. Okay. And then Moses was like, you're a burning bush. This is amazing how this bush is on fire, but, like, doesn't turn into ashes. This must be God. And cool, I'm going to, like, get the Jews out of Egypt now. Oh my God. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, All right, well... That's fantastic. <laughs> Listen, um, look for our next podcast. Maggie learns Christianity. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Maggie learns Christianity is right. Um, okay, and then... All of that is to say, Maggie. Yeah. Um, wait, what were you going to... I do have a thing. I was going to ask help. about how that... Where you were talking about the impact of religion and the... Sure. Yeah. So, just more context. Over time, the Department of Unfermented Wine became... Mm. The Department of Non-Alcoholic Fruit Products. <laughs> what? The Department... I'm sorry. ...of Non-Alcoholic Fruit Products. Aren't... Just aren't all fruit fruits non-alcoholic? They are. Okay. But, um, what? You're going to eat fruit that's not <laughs> fermented in alcohol? Are you crazy? Okay. okay. Um, so, this Women's Christian Temperance Union set up leadership both at, like, the state and local government levels to share recipes and to publicize the dangers of drinks made with fermented fruit. Mm. And your question about grape juice, did you know that, do you know who Thomas Welch is? Yes. Really? Well, I mean, I assume that he invented Welch grapefruit. Touche. But (laughs) he was a very devout Methodist and temperance advocate, and he founded... Founded Welch's grape juice in an effort to produce non-alcoholic communion wine in the 1860s. Wait. Yes. So, wait. So, we didn't have grape juice and we originally just had wine and then we backtracked into grape juice? That is opposite of how I would have thought it happened. Either Thomas Welch was like an actual hardcore religious zealot or he was like, I see an opportunity here to build a fruit juice empire. You know, I'm going to say both. Yeah. I'm going to say maybe both. I don't know. Realistically, probably both. Where there's morals to be exploited. There's money to be made. (laughs) That's what we always say. Where there's morals to be exploited. There's money to be made. Yeah. Amen. That's, I mean, if you can market to a Christian. Anyway. Okay. So that's where we are with grape juice. All right. So... I, that's just, like, a little bit of background on, like, Dry January and, like, kind of drinking culture in the U.S. And, like, mm. our... I mean, we could do a whole podcast series about, of like... Course. The history of Prohibition and, like, how even did that happen for so long. Um, one thing I thought about a lot um, when I was, you know, thinking about Dry January and how to, like, approach this conversation was, like, the mommy wine culture thing. Yes. Yes. Deep breath. Oh my god. Deep breath with it. Okay. So since the early 2000s, this is according to an article on goodhousekeeping.com. Mm. Uh, research has shown that alcohol use disorder is on the rise in women. And a 2018 study by the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, NIAAA, um, which is part of the National Institutes of Health. So this organization has found an increase in alcohol-related ER visits with women accounting for more of the increase in visits in, than men. 
So that's pretty substantial. And then basically um, a study published in JAMA Psychiatry in 2017 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. found that women's high-risk drinking, which is defined as drinking four or more drinks in a day, rose by 58%. So as of 2017... Wow. Four more a drinks lot. a day. That's crazy. Here's the reason why. Trump got elected? So, um, maybe. Could be that. Um, a lot of people are attributing this to, like, the the mental load. The, yeah. the um, you know, women working, typical working women, specifically, I mean, moms for yep. what I could find, but probably also women. So, typical working moms in the U.S. spend 37% more time than men on unpaid household and care work. So, um, that's obviously driving women to, like, I deserve a break. This is my mommy juice. And I was going to um, shout out to friend of a friend, Gemma Hartley. Um, She wrote in, I believe, Huffington Post, an article called called moms don't deserve wine we deserve better than this she says when i finally got sober i had a lot of rage as i realized all the problems i was numbing with alcohol were systemic and they weren't going away anytime soon sitting with that rage was uncomfortable as hell but it was also eye-opening i saw how much society encouraged women and moms especially to drink as a coping mechanism to deal with their overburdened lives because wine is an easy solution to a problem that no one plans on fixing, which also read her book Fed Up years ago. Didn't realize that this was the same person, but I recommend oh the book. It's about emotional labor. Um, so all of that is to say is that, like, wine is the easy solution. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's very much like, yeah, yes, you deserve this. And it's, like, it's meant to pacify us and kind yeah. of distract us from, like, politically, economically, like, we're having this mm-hmm. she session during the pandemic where, like, mm-hmm. women in record numbers are, like, leaving their jobs to focus on, like, caring for children or other stuff going on in the home. Yeah. And, like, yeah, we're suffering as a as a result of that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like, infantilizing. Um, it's, like, infantilizing alcohol as a coping mechanism, kind mm-hmm. of making it, like, cutesy. Mm-hmm. It gives me, like, girl boss energy. Absolutely. It's, yeah. like... The opposite side of the same coin, kind mm-hmm. of. It's very... It's like, well, we're not going to, like, change the overall larger systemic issues. Um, and also, as an individual, it's it's hard to do that. Like, that's daunting. But here's something. Here's, like, a quick fix in the meantime. Um, and so, like, the pandemic is definitely making that worse, as I just mentioned. Um, since, like, the start of the pandemic, uh, women have increased their heavy drinking days by... compared to before the pandemic. And numerous studies note that since the pandemic, women have been doing the majority of household chores, being pushed out of the workforce at shockingly high numbers, taking on the bulk of remote school duties in areas without in-person learning. So yeah, like wine mom culture is, 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 it was rampant before, but it's even more so. And again, that's all from that goodhousekeeping.com article, but so anyway, Man, it's so rough. It's like, why do we think it's fun? It's so, you know, I, 
Every time I go to like a, a wine store in like Fredericksburg or something, it'll there'll be all these little tea towels that are like, it's wine o'clock somewhere and right. like mommy juice and all this stuff. Exactly. And it's like, why are we making light of alcoholic tendencies? You know? And I I don't want to sound prude because I, for sure, it's like, you know, we joke about like alcohol as a coping mechanism kind of, or we like people, I, I don't know. It's not like I don't drink it's not like I don't ever end my day like, oh, I need a drink so bad or anything like that. So I'm not saying that's never, and I don't know. I'm not saying that's like something we need to completely stop, but it is crazy to me that we really lean into it that hard for women. Right. Know? And it's encouraged and like people are like profiting off of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like one, it's just. As an aesthetic, it's tacky, and two, yeah. it's just... <laughs> the biggest problem with it, actually, is the design. Yeah, I take I take umbrage with the, yeah. uh, the mommy needs her wine to tea towel. Maybe we can start a, nar- a non-profit that stops poor designs for uh, mommy... Don't let mommy wine culture happen to you. Yeah, exactly. Just say no. Just say no to the design. Yeah. You can drink all you want, but no... No tea towels. Yeah. Um, that's depressing and sad, and I hate that for women. Yeah. And I hate that, like, that's the answer, and everyone's just kind of, like, looking the other way. Yeah, totally. Mm. I I mean, that's all I have in terms of, like, research and background. Yeah. Um, it's just basically, like, it's it's been getting worse because of the, the pandemic. Sure. Um, Kind of a separate issue. Apparently, like, in college-aged kids, um, alcohol use is down, mm. but weed use is up. Um, mm. So, I don't know. So, there's just lots to discuss there, but I want to hear about your experience, your dry January My experience. dry January. Yeah. Well, interesting, interesting. Okay. <laughs> I, so, I said that... I knew ahead of time that there was going to be one day where I had a celebration thing that I had to do where I was going to drink. So I was accepting that going into it, I knew that I was going to drink that one day. And I don't, per my hating rules, I don't really consider that like cheating. Sure. Um, Because that means I'm still not drinking like 30 days out of 31, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, That's true. That's a good point. January is one of the longest months. Well... Isn't, like, aren't half the months 31 days? Probably. <laughs> what do you mean, probably? Well, there's, like, one month that's, like, 28 there's days, except every four years. But some of them are, like, 30 days. So, like, if if dry January Like, who late, knows, you know? Like, who knows how many days are in each month? Who's to say? Who's Listen. to say? February's the shortest month, but... But I'm not a scientist, but... I'm not a scientist, but I'm pretty sure some, day, some months are longer than others. Yeah. Um, yes, like many, I can't remember which months, I, there's a rhyme that I never know, because I was homeschooled, so no one taught it to me. 30 days half As September, okay. April, March, and December? No. Because no. there's always December. <laughs> November? Probably November. I wasn't homeschooled, and I can't remember, so okay. I feel well, like... Well, I just fine. blame everything on homeschooling, but yeah. yes, anyway, it's, I was like, okay, I'm gonna drink this one day, I, so I already knew that going in. I... Like I said, I have been, like, pretty heads down focusing on work and stuff. And so I did not know – I did not – I did not 
struggle with this for the most part because I happen to be in a month where I have a lot going on where I'm focusing anyway and I so it wasn't a lot of effort for me to not drink um I'm also thankfully uh having fun at my job right now so it is pretty intense and it's challenging but it is also engaging and not like frustrating and so I'm not ending my days like needing like a stress needing like a that kind of stress release where I would be maybe tempted to drink sometimes so that's good um so I feel like I was set up pretty well to be honest um and I think that in terms of like what I notice in terms of effects of not drinking one is so I lost some weight which I did not in I've been the same weight for like probably five years uh, you know, it fluctuates a little bit, but I've pretty much been, like, I have, like, a set weight that I've been for, like, five years. Right. And I lost five pounds doing zero things. Like, wow. I did not change anything. I was not exercising more. My diet's the same. Like, everything's the same, and I lost five pounds. I would, I don't know if it's not, the not drinking. Like, I just don't have another explanation for that. That's the only variable that changed that you know yeah, of. Right. I so mean, it's maybe that. I will say that I'm not trying to lose weight. I would never not drink because, like, I'm, I am like a healthy weight and I'm not, this not, it, that wouldn't factor into my decision to drink or not. But I thought that was interesting. If that really does have that large of an effect on my body, that's like kind of crazy. Because yeah. I was not drinking tons before. Right. So that's like weird. And I, I'm curious to see how fast or if it'll go back up with, like, adding her game back. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. I think that I did focus a bit better because, mostly because I, like, used my time on the weekends better. Hmm. So I was waking up earlier and also more refreshed, which means that I was using my time, like, more wisely on the weekends and that sometimes looked like being productive and other times that looked like just like relaxing and, you know, uh, recharging. Yeah. And so then I was heading into the week actually like more refreshed rather than drinking all weekend or drinking even part of the weekend. And then like, you know, I'm spending Saturday kind of like half recovering and maybe doing a little bit of stuff, but like nothing that's that very, very meaningful. And then Sunday, I'm, like, stressed about the fact that I only have one day of the weekend left. And so then I'm trying to figure out, do I do fun things or do I... Like, I don't know. I just feel like it actually made my weekends a lot better. Wow. To not drink. Okay. So that was um, probably the biggest thing that I noticed. I did start in January. This is not related to this podcast, but I started using this app called... Um, rise sleep which is a really cool app it is paid but it's very cool and it shows like when you're most effective during the day and like when your energy peaks and dips are and it makes recommendations like accordingly huh and then it also shows like it calculates your sleep so i had um i've been using i don't know like a a a watch for like a, a year or something so it had like a year's worth of data to go off of but based on my data, it recommended, like, how much sleep I need per night and, like, what my habits are and all that stuff. And so hmm. I did notice that without alcohol, this seemed to be more regulated. Hmm. So I like, think that that's, like, I was falling asleep faster. Um, I was, like, waking up less during the night. Like, it, it, I don't know. Just, it, I, 
again, on the weekends, I think I was actually sleeping more than I was when I was drinking. And then I would kind of head into the week, like, with more energy. And, like, it was easier to stay on a schedule, basically. Okay. So, like, so more I wasn't consistent. Like, yes. Okay. More consistent is a better way to frame that. Like, I was catching up on, you know, I wasn't, like... I wasn't trying to make the transition from late nights and then sleeping in to, like, waking up early Monday morning. You know right. what I mean? I was, like, kind that of... That is tough. Consistent. So... Yeah. I think that all that stuff was good. I will say, though, that I... The couple times... Sure. There's a couple times I really wanted to drink. One of them was Adam and Julia came over to play cards, and we were just, like, having fun. And Caleb was doing Dry January, too. Adam and Julia were drinking... And we both really wanted to drink just, like, for fun. And so instead, we were drinking tea, and we were, like, pounding tea. Like, I think both of us had, like, seven cups of tea in, like, a couple of hours. I'm going to guess it was herbal tea. <laughs> yeah, for okay. sure. Wow. It was just, like, something to drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we're here, we're being social, we're having a good time. Yeah. Like, I want to hold something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. And then... Interesting. The other thing that I noticed is that... So, I really want to drink in those moments. The other thing that I noticed is immediately after I started doing Dry January, the only alcohol that I missed, but I missed it a lot, was, like, a good cocktail. Mm -hmm. And it's really not about getting drunk or the alcohol content. It's, like, they're just so good, you know? And I would see these, like, cocktails, like, in... I don't know, Instagram post or something, and I would just, like, want it because I couldn't have it. But also, that is the only kind of alcohol that I missed. Got it. Okay. So, I feel overall, like, I did notice a difference. I think that it will make... I think that that nonprofit is probably... I can see why people kind of, like, stick with the not drinking. Like, I think that heading back into drinking, I feel very happy to be able to celebrate with alcohol yeah but I feel less inclined to drink without thinking about it which is kind of the goal right yeah um I will say that over this last year generally speaking I have drank a lot less than I used to because in early March of last year I had panic attacks for six weeks And in recovering from those, I didn't drink at all for, like, four months. And I've really never started drinking as much as I used to. Like, that, I don't know if it's just my age or what, but, like, that I really transitioned out of any type of, like, I don't know, binge drinking or excessive alcohol use. Like, after that time, I've just never, like, picked it up again. I feel like because similarly like in June I was given direction because of like different like health stuff that was going on Mm -hmm. like you should really cut out gluten which obviously is a bummer because bread is one of the finest pleasures in life but like I really enjoy drinking beer and I found Mm -hmm. that like after a while I just didn't really crave it anymore yeah so I imagine you can kind of extrapolate that same thing and like I don't really I don't miss it like I've kind of lost a taste for it in a way yeah, for sure. And so now I'm more, I really like being like buzzed or whatever, you know, having a couple of drinks and making it fun. But I really, really am, there's nothing that would make me want to like be hungover and stuff in the morning again. Especially when you're like 
almost in your mid-30s and you're just like, my body will hate me if I have more than a cocktail and a half right now. Yeah, and I just have, like, other life interests besides drinking. You know what I mean? Like, I want to, like, wake up early for a Pilates class. I want to take radio for a run. I want to go hang out with friends and, like, go to a museum and not just, like, drink. Yeah, not so, like, So, anyway... I think that my experience was good. I will say that it was a convenient time for me to do it. Um, I'm very fascinated about the weight loss piece just because it's not so much about the weight. It's more about, like, what is alcohol? I know this is so stupid. It's like such an obvious observation. But what is alcohol doing to my body that I have five pounds on my body, which is, like, a decent percentage for me, that, like, I wouldn't have if I wasn't drinking like what is like I know that alcohol is not good for you and it's like destructive to your system but it just it kind of was jarring to think about it having that much of an effect yeah yeah I was surprised when you said that because like just 31 or 30 days of like not drinking like I wouldn't it could I mean maybe it's something else I don't know but I don't think so because I didn't change anything else right I mean I feel like we can kind of reasonably say like it had some impact I mean it was maybe I was drinking more water maybe it was all the tea that I drank well I mean alcohol of course like it is empty calories and sometimes if you're drinking you're just like okay well now I'm hungry Mm -hmm. so you want to eat like a McChicken or whatever so yeah I I don't know that makes but, sense. Um, huh. So I had a decent experience with it. I do hate rules, and I will die on this hill. I think that rules are unnecessary, and it's more interesting to figure out, like, how you're using something. So I was just not mo- – like, the fact that I had, um, you know, this one day that I drank, and I actually ended up drinking one other cocktail in one other situation where <laughs> I went to a movie that was so bad – Oh, was this The Matrix? Yeah. Courtney yeah. <laughs> and I went to The Matrix, and we were both like, I want to die. Like, she and I were both talking later about how we were building, like, our to-do list in our head, like, the whole time. Oh, my god. And gosh. we just, I was like, we have, I can't. And so we had one cocktail after that. Um, and I think that I just don't, to me, I know that some people would be like, I didn't check my boxes, I didn't do my 31 days. I... I think that that is so unnecessary, and I yeah. I do not identify with that rigidity at all, and it's like, what is my goal here? I'm motivated by the actual result, not the, the outcome. Goal. Yeah. And if the outcome is, you know, I did this thing that really helped me throughout the month and, like, helps me, you know, examine my drinking habits – Great, goal accomplished. And I didn't use drinking as, like, a crutch. Like, great, goal. You know, it's like, right. what are my goals? And are, and I just do not find – I am not achievement-oriented. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. I'm, yeah. like, not an achiever. Right. I'm not either. So I just – yeah, I think that's my, my soapbox moment. But it's, it's like, I, I'm not motivated by um, doing something for the sake of doing that. Because I know that I can be disciplined, but I only care to be disciplined if it – if it matters. That makes sense. Yeah. You're more interested in like, okay, I just want to make, like, what is the outcome I'm going for? Like, can I achieve that with or without this like really rigid structure in place? Yeah. Kind of. Like I would never, you know, those people that are like, can I run, um, can I run a marathon in, in Death Valley or whatever? Um, so okay. people do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know okay. about a marathon, but Whatever that is, like, those kind of things. 
they're just like very interested in like testing their body and can I do this? That's great for them. It's very impressive. No part of me could tr- even, I could I can't even pretend to be motivated to do that because I'm like, what good does that do? What is it? And right. if, if there is some, maybe there's some good out of that that I don't recognize. Like maybe there's some reason to do that. But assuming that it's the only reason to do it is to see if you can, that is so uninteresting to me. I'm, the, yeah, same way. Like, it wouldn't even occur in my brain. Like, I'm not interested in, like, testing my limits for the sake of testing my limits. Right. Because what am I accomplishing just to say that I did it? Right. And that is, that is so motivating to so many people. Yeah. And I don't have that at all. Okay, I'm the same. Was yeah. it our friend Kelsey that did that, by the way? Because that sounds familiar. No, but that sounds like something Kelsey would do. I feel like she has. No, she ran, um... The Grand Canyon. She, yes. Okay. Which is, I mean, incredible. Yeah, she's like, I think she's probably achievement motivated or oriented or motivated. And like, it's, I mean, she also loves... Whatever. I, we can, maybe Kelsey can come on our podcast and talk about this for herself. I think that she just also loves to be outside and do these things and sure. it's like an excuse to be. So I obviously am like, yeah, do these things. I don't think the, any of that is bad. I'm just not like that. No, <laughs> no. And there's not a part of me that wants to be like that, as yeah. you say. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that was my experience in dry January. Um, I do think that it's something that I think that is overlooked with I'm not on board with, like, cleansing or that culture, Mm. but something that this sort of reminds me of cleansing, but in a different, like, cleansing is more, you know, the whole, like, don't eat these things, and I'm less on board with that because I think it's fake, and this is more like, okay, there's nothing bad about, like, not drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do think that the intention of, like, resetting something and then adding it back in that concept does make sense to me. Yeah. So while I'm not on board with that in like a nutritional setting because you're depriving your something, yourself of something usually that you really need, in this setting I'm on board with the idea of like temporary restriction for the sake of being intentional. And I think that it all gets to the – it comes back to the same place of like why am I doing this? Like. Yeah. If I'm doing this because, like, oh, no, I'm genuinely curious or, like, I want to change my relationship with alcohol, then, like, yeah, I think this is a useful exercise. But if it's just, like, I'm just doing this because, well, I mean, if, I don't know, I don't want to judge, but, like, if someone were to do this for 31 days and then they're, like, okay, that was fun, and then they go back to, like, binge drinking all the time. Then it, right. You no, know, then it's just, like, well, then what was that? But I think it's all about, like, being intentional and setting that intention and then, like, exploring that. I think it's more... Honestly, I think it's a little bit more um, inner inner focus than I than I thought it was gonna be. Totally, I do think so. I mean, I think my relationship with alcohol over the years has changed a lot, and I think that's probably common for people just aging and maturing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a lot more motivated to use it sparingly, and in situations where I'm um, celebrating. Mm-hmm. I am very hesitant at this point to use it anytime that I feel like I need, anytime that I'm like, I need a drink. Once in a while, I'm like, sure, it's some kind of release or whatever. I'm, he- I'm, I'm a lot more skeptical of my- that mindset in myself, you know? Totally. Yeah. That's my experience. What about you? Ooh, I, hmm. Listen, I tried <laughs> to do January. I'm sorry, my Siri. No, not. Do you freaking Siri? Not eavesdropper. Siri, I said sorry. 
Okay. Now she doesn't care She's anymore. appeased. Literally only ever... I'll be, like, sitting on the couch watching a movie and Sierra will be like, hmm, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I'm not I talking talk to, talk to you. you. Yeah. That's uh, why I've disabled Siri because I don't, like, And I don't then I'll that. be yelling, like, Siri, <laughs> like, just yelling. And she's like, I can't hear you. I should <laughs> never help me. And my Siri, do you have internal debate about whether, well, you don't have Siri enabled. But I'm curious, mine's a man on my Mine, that's a different device that's set to a female voice, but mine's set to a male voice because I'm like, am I serious? Not gonna be a freaking. I don't need to like be part of the problem of like bossing women around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm glad you had a productive dry January. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like okay when you first brought this to me, I thought like, cool, that sounds easy. Never done it before. I'm up for the challenge. I have, I mean, I think probably a lot of people have friends and family who have substance abuse issues, myself included, so I do not consider myself, like, a problem drinker. Mm -hmm. Like, have there been times where I'm like, yeah, I'm stressed, I would like a drink right now? Absolutely. Um, But I wouldn't have, like, I I didn't think that dry January was going to be as challenging as it was. Mm And I would say I probably maybe made it, like, the first two weeks and then went out with friends. Mm -hmm. You were there. Mm -hmm. And then I had, like, a couple cocktails. And then from there, it it just got harder and harder to maintain. And I think that's because Mm -hmm. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Like, um, so I already have this, like, mark. Um, whatever. I'm just gonna, like, yeah, 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 yeah. keep sliding into, like, I already fucked up. What's the point in, like, you know, keeping going? Yeah. Um, and for sure, um, I think we were talking about earlier that this just, this month was just a very challenging month for me. Like, it basically began with deciding between do I go to my uncle's funeral and get COVID or do I not go to my uncle's funeral and not get COVID, which is what I ended up doing. And then just, like, a lot of, um, like, professional challenges and, like, personal drama and against the backdrop of um, just it being cold and dark for a few days. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, it is apocalyptic in Austin. It's, um, let me look at the, let me look at the uh, temperature right now. It's a dramatic 51 degrees. Hide your kids. <laughs> shut off your pipes. Okay, don't drive. It was below freezing I know, I'm kidding. for a couple days in the entire city. Granted, this was like in February, so like not even during January. But um, the entire, everyone freaked out because we're all traumatized from winter storm Yuri, yep. February 2021, where like the entire state, like the grid broke. And then Ted Cruz went to Cancun and yeah, it was all sorts of, of a mess, but... Mm. Anyway, people were traumatized, so, and I I think I just felt like, okay, I I already mentioned, like, I'm not supposed to have gluten, I'm not supposed to have dairy, and, like, like, Omicron is raging, I don't want to get COVID, like, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't go out and hang out with my friends, like, I, I kind of felt like, and now I can't have alcohol, like, I, it was very much like I felt that kind of stress and, hmm, uncomfortable things come up Mm -hmm. and it was just like really frustrating to like I need like I need 
something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, a lot of, there's, like, a lot of stuff that happened that I'm not mentioning, but, like, just overall, just, like, not a fun month, um, personally Ugh. and collectively. So, yeah, I, 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 I would say I probably drank maybe seven or eight times okay. over the month. How does that compare to your normal um, I wouldn't, I would say, like, about the same. Okay. Like, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't consider myself a heavy drinker, like... Yeah, I agree. I don't think you drink that much. I think I'm a, I'm a very social drinker. Yeah. Like, if I'm out with friends, like, I want to be drinking, mm-hmm. I want to be having a good time. Um, but also, like, there were some days where I was just like, today really fucking sucked, and, like, I would like to have two drinks, please. Yep. So that's what I did. And so, like, it did make me think about my relationship with alcohol and... How, I mean, I've definitely been that person who, yeah, like, it's been a hard day. I deserve this. Mm-hmm. Like, my mommy juice. Yeah. <laughs> if you Get will. your mommy juice. But I wasn't expecting, like, kind of the meta feelings that came from that. Like, mm-hmm. talked about being a recovering perfectionist. And also, it kind of, re- like, to go back to, like, the religious stuff, it kind of reminded me of doing Lent, which... Do you, are you familiar with this? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, like, I'm giving this thing up, and basically, like, that's going to determine, like, how good of a person that I am. Okay. So, like, if I can't give this thing up, like, correctly for however oh, interesting. long. Like, I am, like, I must be, I just observe that in myself. Like, yeah, I'm a failure. Like, I'm not doing this wrong. Like, I'm disappointing myself. I'm disappointing Magony. I'm disappointing the helpers. <laughs> Um, so like to help anymore. Yeah. (laughs) We can't, I can't help myself. Like (laughs) we already established that we cannot help ourselves. We cannot help ourselves. Um, that is an interesting tie with the Lent piece. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people in my town would do Lent. I of course never did it because I didn't care, but it doesn't matter. Or just, I wasn't in that, you know, I wasn't really in that community, but people around me did it constantly. And, um, that makes sense that it that's sort of encouraging that perfectionist attitude too. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a really interesting way for me to like kind of tiptoe up to this space of like how like why am I judging myself? It doesn't it's just information. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean like I'm a failure of a person. It doesn't mean that like I'm disappointing people. Yeah. Like it's just I don't know. It was interesting to, like, think about that and then challenge it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, but... Did you feel like... Um, yeah, did you feel at the end of it differently than when you started? Not physically, not, I mean, maybe physically, but it sounds like you didn't change your drinking habits a ton, so more, like, mentally, I guess. I, I mean... I basically didn't do dry January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, but I mean, it sounds like you reflected, though. Oh, okay. So, like, mentally... Okay, yeah. I, I... Like, I... Yeah. I didn't come away from it being like, my skin is glowing. Right. And, like, I'm sleeping better. Yeah. Um, Like, do I feel any differently? Yeah. It was definitely... It kind of made me reflect on how I've been harmed by this all-or-nothing mindset. Hmm. And how I am, like, I'm still kind of trying to be less rigid in my thinking in that way. So I'd say, like, as a thought experiment and as a, 
a letting go of like past thought patterns, it was successful. Yeah. Um, like I, I wish, I still wish that like I could have done it and like stuck to the rules and the structure of it. And then just to have that information and, um, I don't know, just to, just the, the curious side of me is wondering what it would have been like if I had stuck to it more. Yeah. But I mean, who's to say I couldn't do like sober February or sober March? Yeah. Like I can do it. I can stop and start at any time. But mm-hmm. I do appreciate that there is like a, because a, I, I feel like it's easier to do this sort of thing if if you have accountability, if someone you know yeah. is doing it with you. Because yep. it's, I think it, I mean... I don't have the best impulse control or like self control, so I def I feel like I definitely need that structure to kind of if I am going for this goal, I do need that like kind of accountability or like buddy system, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that makes sense. It's also more fun like with another person. True. Yeah, it's like we're in this together. Like yeah. we're yeah. gonna drink tea together. Yeah. Or kombucha. Or grape juice. Or grape juice, <laughs> Mr. Welch. Welch yeah. is my buddy. Rest That's so interesting. Um, and something that you said made me think about how we tie uh, a lot of... So when we were talking about the fact that people do Lent, I remember that a lot of people use that as an excuse to give up things that will also be tied to like the wellness industry. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for Lent, I'm going to lose 20 pounds or like... For Lent, I'm going to give up alcohol. But it's, like, all these sort of indirect ways. It's, like, self-improvement, right? Yeah. Instead of, I think, the intention behind Lent as someone who knows so much about Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the intention behind Lent is to give up something that's hard for you to give up. But, like, then our culture has tied that to giving up something that then betters you as a person, which is, like, not the original intent to my understanding. The original intent is, like, yeah, like, Jesus sacrificed his entire life for me, a mere mortal, so, like, I can do this for 40 days. Yeah. So, like... But it'd be, like, instead of me saying, I'm gonna give up my favorite type of coffee, then our culture has layered on, I'm going to give up my favorite type of coffee, and therefore save x amount of money which will impact my finances positively so they've like layered on this like self-improvement piece it has uh, yeah i feel like it has gotten far away from the original intent and people do use it as like a okay i'm gonna like kickstart this diet or right actually that's how i became vegetarian was like wow it started out as like a lenten experiment Uh i think like in the middle ages don't quote me on this timeline but like in the Middle Ages, people would not eat any meat during Lent. Um, that's why Carnival is called Carnival. Wow. Carne coming from okay. the Latin word meat. Sure. So, like, okay, we're not going to eat meat, but we're going to go crazy in the days before mm-hmm. um, in true, like, bingy fashion. And because we know we're, like, anticipating this sacrifice. Um, so... Yeah, so now it's kind of gotten watered down to where on, I don't know, this is, I'm just, I can only speak from, for Catholicism, and even then I'm not going to do, like, the best job, but um, you can eat meat on any day of the week of Lent, aside from Friday, and I think Friday is because that's when, like, Jesus was murdered, so, like, Friday we're going to make this extra sacrifice of, like, not eating sure. meat. But fish is meat, which doesn't make sense, which is a whole other story. Oh my gosh. Okay, so... 
But so then I was thinking about with that how we tie wellness to like purity and cleanliness. Ooh, okay. And that's such a religious concept and like a white supremacy concept also. Yeah. And um I was thinking about that because now I like lost my dreams a little bit. I was thinking about you you mentioned that and then I'm I was thinking about how um white supremacy, purity, culture and perfectionism, the perfectionism, the pursuit yes, of it. The pursuit of perfection. Thank yeah. you. So it's then the like the lent piece and the like layering on of you know all of that stuff around making yourself better is then also sort of tied back to this like purity culture and perfectionism and it's just bad it's all bad and it's so like black or yeah. white yeah. too yeah. and it's just like like the the nature isn't black or like humans aren't black and white like nothing is black and white mm-hmm. like it's it's so simplistic and damaging to yeah. reduce you know, human behavior and thoughts and, like, you know, these entire structures to, this is good, this is bad, and if you're bad, then, like, go to hell. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, bad. Damaging. Uh, well, interesting. Um, I think it's an interesting time to reflect back, and I think it's also, it's it sounds like what you got out of it was reflection. Yeah, yes. I would definitely cite that as a, it was a great it forced me to challenge some of those beliefs that I was, like, indoctrinated yeah. with or whatever. Yeah. Totally. Huh. Cool. Yeah. Do you – would you recommend doing dry January to somebody else? I want to – okay, I would answer that in more general terms and be like, cool, if you're up for this challenge, if you're – if it sounds like a good idea, if it sounds appealing, go ahead and do it. I feel like – with alcohol, it, it can be a very emotional thing and a very, like... They say that if before you can't... Like, if someone has a drinking problem, like, you don't want to tell someone to, like... Sorry, I just went from, like, A to Z on that real quick, but... Yeah, overall, yes, I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do it perfectly, that's okay. But, like, if you do suspect that alcohol is your coping mechanism... I would encourage someone, instead of, like, trying to drink and letting that become their sole focus, like, investigate why that's your coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And that's what you should put your energy into correcting or exploring or what have you. Like, your energy shouldn't go to, like, okay, well, I'm just going to cut out alcohol for 31 Mm -hmm. days and then things will be fine and then, like, I'll move on from there. But, like, if someone is, like, kind of considering it for whatever reason that can't hurt, then, like... Yeah, do it. But if it if someone actually had a problem, then they would want to emotionally, they would want to come at it from like a more holistic. Yep, plan of attack. I agree with that. I'm going to say something very similar, which sure. is I do recommend this for someone who already does not have a drinking problem, mm-hmm. right? Like people like us, basically, who d- maybe can you can self self help for lack of a better phrase. Well, you can self-examine and do it, and maybe it's challenging, but it's not. It doesn't feel out of control. It's not traumatizing to give up like your only coping mechanism. I think that it's treated a lot more lightly than it is, mm-hmm. and I often see the people that are doing it. Not really anyone I know, but like just I don't know on Instagram or wherever. 
I feel like a lot of the people who are trying to do these kind of things are really trying to get grasp of something that is more serious. Mm. And so then maybe do that with support. Or if you are running into a lot of problems doing this, don't make yourself do it and instead figure out like, what are you reacting to? Which I think is what you're saying. Yes. That's, yeah, you put it perfectly. Yeah, I I wouldn't like white knuckle your way through it. Instead, I would give your permission, self-permission to not do dry January if you're running into issues, but also figure out like what is there and do you need, you know, do you need some, some type of support, whether it's therapy or alternative coping mechanisms or to quit your job or like what is sort of beneath that surface. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an interesting experiment though. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, it's like, it's a good means of like self-reflection and a challenge. Yeah. You know. Um, don't throw away your tea towels, though. Send it's, this. If you have any mm. wine paraphernalia, please send it to us. Oh, we, <laughs> we can't help ourselves at gmail.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll post it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's lots of good stuff on on Amazon, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you see them, like, tag us on Instagram. Yeah. Tag us. Is that we can't help ourselves yeah. still? Okay. Yep. Perfect. Cool. All right. Wow. Thanks, little helpers. We covered so much ground. We did. <laughs> um, I had no, like, we really spanned history, religiosity, culture, women's issues. Yep. Yep. Et cetera. Um, what else did we cover? Boobs. Mrs. Yeah. Kisses. Right. Mrs. Kisses. <laughs> Shouts out to Mrs. Kisses. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Such a good brand. That's a okay. free ad for you. We'll Thanks see you guys everyone. next time. Bye. Bye.